I want to direct your attention this morning to a passage of Scripture in the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 15 through 19. I just want to direct your attention there. The Lord had laid this on my heart a couple of weeks ago as something He wanted to bring you in these days, and, and I just want to uh, uh, unpack this just a little bit. This is a conversation that Jesus had with the disciples, and, and He said uh, to them, who do men say that I am? And they were having conversations about all of the little things that were being said about this prophet that was wandering around the community and there were those who were saying well Elijah's come again and those who were saying uh, various things about him and imagining who he might be the son of a carpenter and how how could he move in such power and how can all of these things happen in in the life of a mere human being and and what's going on here there there were all kinds of conversations and all kinds of imaginations if it were our day people would be saying that some guy had come from outer space but but they were just imagining what what it might be and so Jesus had said hey you guys listen and you guys hear all the talk that's going on in the community who do men say that I am and so they had a little bit of a conversation with him about that and we pick up the conversation where Jesus then says to them but who do you say that I am and I think that's the most important question in that entire conversation it's there's a lot of things in our community and in our culture that are said about Jesus and and uh, some folks uh, think that he was a, a liar and others think that he was a great prophet and others think that he was just a guy who happened to create a religion and others others think other things about him, but I want to tell you that it doesn't matter what others think about Jesus. It matters what you think and what you say in response to this question. And so Jesus says to them, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answers him, and Simon Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. In verse 17, Jesus responds to that, and he says, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so he said, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. But you have made a declaration that I am the Christ. And I want you to know that you didn't make that up on your own. And you didn't come to that conclusion on your own. The Father revealed that to you. So I want to ask you a question today. To what extent is your revelation of Jesus? Who is Jesus to you? Because that's what really matters. How do you answer the question when, if Jesus were standing there in your living room this morning or in your dining room and he were to say to you, Hey, uh, hey Ralph, who do you say that I am? Hey, Mary, who do, you, who do you say that I am? Tell me, Charles, who do you say that I am? Peter said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So I want to ask you, is he Christ to you? When, when, when Peter said, thou art the Christ, uh, sometimes we think that uh, Jesus Christ is like his, his first and last name. But Christ was the depiction or the fulfillment of what was said that Messiah would come, the anointed one. 
Christ actually means, most literally, the anointed and his anointing. So Peter said, you are Jesus, the anointed one. You are Jesus, the Messiah. You are Jesus, the Savior. When, when he said, you are, you are the Christ, he was saying, you are the Messiah. You are the anointed one. You are the one sent by God. That's who you are. I want to know, is he the Christ to you today? Is he the Messiah? Is he the anointed one? Have you received the anointed one and his anointing? And then John said uh, in, the, in the book of John, the first chapter, he said he's the living word. He's the one that is the word uh, that, that became flesh and dwelt among us. So for John, the revelation of Jesus was, this is the living Word of God. This is the Word that never passes away. This is the Word that was spoken that does not return void. This is the Word that is, uh, that, that is poured out in the earth that causes life to come to dead things. This is the Word of God. He's the living Word. John 1 and 14 said, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. We beheld his beauty. We beheld him in his majesty. Is he the living word to you? Have you had that revelation of Jesus? If he said, who am I to you? Would you say, oh, you are the living word. You are the word of God that never passes away. You're the word of God that is spoken and then accomplishes the purpose for which it is sent. You're the word of God that moves in the earth that brings life to dead things. You're the word of God that is prophesied in the earth that, that when God spoke and said, when God spoke and said, let there be light, there was light. That when God spoke and said, let the water and the land divide, and it happened, when Jesus stood on the bow of the ship and he said, peace be still, you're that word. You're that word of healing over my life. You're that word that goes back into my past and touches me at the moment of my brokenness and brings healing there. And, and it's like a domino effect through my life, healing everything that was affected by that moment until today. You're that living word. That comes and says to the lame man, rise up and walk. Take up your bed and walk. You're that living word. You've spoken over my life. When I was weak, your word made me strong. When I was without hope, your word gave me hope. When I was in fear and anxiety, your word brought me peace. That's who you are to me, the living word. And then another one might say, another person might say, uh, well, you're my savior. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. You're the spotless lamb that takes away the sin of the world in John 1 and 29. You're that one who was perfect so that I could be received before God in my imperfection. You're the one who, who poured your blood out over my life and made me one who could be received of the Father. You're my Savior. You've saved me in my brokenness. You've saved me in my weakness. You've saved me in the ugliness of my sin. You've saved me. You're the one who went to the cross and said, Lord, why, Father, why have you forsaken me? Because you knew in that moment that you were bearing the weight of the sin of the world upon your shoulders and he could not look upon sin. So, but for a moment, he turned away. You're my Savior. He turned away from you so he could look freely upon me 
you made me acceptable in the brethren. You're my savior. You justified me in the eyes of the enemy and in the eyes of my God. You saved me. You're my savior. And then the writer of the book of Hebrews, whenever he was entertaining the question, who do you say Jesus is? The writer of the book of Hebrews in chapter 3 and verse 1 said, he's the high priest of our confession. He's the high priest of our confession. He takes my declaration of who he is and what he does, and he brings an authority and an enforcing behind it. He's the high priest of our confession. He carries our confession before God. He's the high priest of my confession. Oh, Lord, I confess that you are king of kings and Lord of lords of my life. Lord, I confess that you're a healer in this moment of sickness. Lord, I confess that you are a deliverer in this moment of change. Lord, in this, in this moment of restriction, I confess that you are my freedom. I confess that you are liberty. So I want to challenge you this morning. Who do you say that he is? And then Jesus says to uh, Peter that you didn't come to this conclusion on your own. You didn't come to this conclusion by yourself. This was revealed to you by the Father. I want you to understand something. The source of revelation, the primary source of revelation in Peter's life was the Father. Jesus said... I have loved you as the Father has loved me. In John chapter 15 and verse 9, Jesus said, I've loved you just like the Father's loved me. I want you to know that the Father loves you. And the Father desires to reveal to you the fullness of the kingdom of God. And I'm going to say this again. I'm probably going to repeat this uh, many, many times between now and the time that they carry me off the stage feet first. I want you to know God is not hiding from you. The things, are, the things of God are not hidden for you to try to figure them out. God is not speaking in code. The Holy Spirit speaks expressly. He wants you to know Him. He wants you to understand Him. He wants you to know His Word. He wants to reveal Himself to you. And more importantly, he wants to reveal to you the fullness of what Jesus has done and what that covenant looks like, that covenant that you have with him in Christ. So he says to them, who, who do you say that I am? Now that you've discovered to, uh, who I am, realize the source of that revelation. Because he says to Peter, it is on that revelation, it is on your revelation of who he is that he has the foundation to build his church. As Jesus is revealed to you by the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit, there is an opportunity in you for him to then build his church. So Jesus says to him, look, Peter, 
You've, made a re- you've come to revelation of who I am and you've made a declaration of who I am and it is upon this rock, upon this declaration, upon this revelation that I will build my church. I want you to know something. He has built his church. He is building his church and he will build his church. Let's talk about that for a minute. In uh, 1 Kings chapter 16 and verse 18, the prophet was running from Jezebel and he was afraid for his life. And he said two or three times there in 1 Kings chapter 16, he kept telling the Lord, I'm the only one that's left. I'm the only one that's serving you. I'm the only one that knows you. I'm the only one. I'm the only one. I'm the only one. Some of you are feeling that today. I'm the only one. No one knows what I'm going through. No one is left to bring strength or support to me. And God says to him, let me tell you, you're in hiding and you're sequestered right now on this mountain and you feel like you're the only one. But there are 7,000 in Israel who have never bowed their knee to Baal. I have a remnant and that remnant is, uh, has kept themselves loyal and holy and righteous and their attention is on me and their ear is turned to me and you are not the only one. And then the Lord repeated that in the New Testament in Romans chapter 11 and verse 5. He makes reference to that conversation that he had with the prophet in 1 Kings and he says, there is a remnant. He has built his church. Don't let people tell you that the church is dead. Don't let people tell you that the church is is weak. Don't let people tell you that the church is broken. Don't let people tell you that the church isn't doing its job. Don't let anyone tell you that the church is, is powerless. Don't let anyone tell you those things because he said, I will build my church. And there's a remnant of people who always have their heart and their attention fully on the Lord. Will you be one of those? He has built his church. And if you will let him, he's building his church in you. Based upon your revelation of who Jesus is, he's building his church in you, in our generation, and in your revelation of Jesus. Maybe you need to go to a season of prayer and open your Bible and get a fresh revelation of Jesus in your life. Maybe you've served him for a long time, but, but your relationship with him is just not fresh and, and new and, and it's become old and rote and, and it's become religious. Maybe you need to go to your Bible and you need to get a fresh revelation of Jesus. And then he will build his church. I want to just remind you that Psalm 119 and 90 says that his faithfulness is to all generations. I want to remind you of what Peter said on the day of Pentecost. The promises to you and your children and to all those that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. And then Jesus said a very powerful thing right at the end of this discourse. He said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. If you will let him build his church in you, if you will let him build on the revelation of Jesus in you, the gates of hell cannot prevail against you. Everything that the enemy can throw at you cannot accomplish anything 
He, he actually has no new ideas. The Bible says we're not ignorant of his devices. The gates of hell cannot prevail against you. I want to challenge you this morning that the church is alive and well. But the church may be alive and well in others and flailing about in you if you've allowed your revelation of Jesus to become stale and stagnant. If you've allowed your relationship with Jesus to become distant and weakened, would you let the church be alive in you? God is still moving in the earth. God is still healing people all over the earth. God is still touching lives all over the earth. God is still taking people out of brokenness, out of drug addiction, out of alcoholism, out of, out of broken marriages and broken families and broken homes and broken lives and broken hearts. God is still moving. I just want to remind you that you're not in a circumstance that has surprised him. He still loves you. He is faithful. Would you just say, Lord, I know you're faithful. Lord, I want the church to be fresh. I want the revelation of Jesus to be fresh in me. I want the church to be being built in me. I am the body of Christ, a member in particular. Let the church be alive in me. Let the kingdom be alive in me. Let the expression of the power of God be fresh in me. Let the word that is on my tongue be from the Lord. Church, will you pray that today? Children of God, will you say that to him today and this week in your private time with the Lord? And then I just want to remind you, if you're here uh, online and you've stopped by and, and you don't know Jesus... This same Jesus who went away is coming again. And he's coming for hearts that are prepared for his arrival. Would you say, Jesus, come into my heart? If you've never received Jesus, take a moment with me right now in this moment. Say, Lord, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash that all away. I receive you, Jesus. I receive you. I receive you as my Savior. I receive you as my Lord. Very simply, come into my life. Make me new. Let old things pass away. Make me a new person in Christ. You've prayed that prayer. You've prayed that by faith. He just forgave you of your sins. And we welcome you to the family of God. We would like to welcome you to the family of God at Church Living Water. If you would leave us a note and let us know that you prayed that prayer. If you would email us there at the website, reach out to us. Give us an opportunity to strengthen your hands, to strengthen your walk with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to do that. God bless you.